What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, it feels like so long since it's just been you and me, eh, Terence. Um, like ages. Only two episodes, lah. Uh, two episodes. Feels like ages, man. Feels like ages. Mm, mm. Correct, but I think we covered a lot of ground in the last two episodes, uh. Uh, yes, so, yeah. I mean, the comments and everything have been have been all been very, very positive, which is a uh, was mm. a huge relief for me. Like, I was very worried that we get a lot of uh, flack for 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 you know for whatever lah. Um, but yeah, it's all been good. No, but can you can you talk through that a bit? Because I remember you mentioning that going into that podcast, also you had a certain trepidation, right? Yeah, of course, because it's such a sensitive topic. I think. Uh, you know, it's on everyone's lips now. Everyone has a different opinion about it, and uh, mm. a lot of times, I think a lot of people, uh, when when it's just you and me, especially la, when I choose to sort of take a devil's advocate side of things, people mm. they seem they like to set up a straw man or a straw man version of me, uh, which, for oh. example, <laughs> says that I never said that uh, Tan Bun Lee should not should not face the full wrath of the of the law la. In fact, I said uh, it wasn't. To me, it's not even like that much of a discussion because I feel like the law just needs to clamp down on him, like, Right? Um, mm. But that doesn't mean that I do not think that the law should clamp down on him. But people seem to take that. Oh, because Harish says that is is a big deal. So Terence is saying that it's not a big deal, and the the law shouldn't clamp down on him. So a lot of these kind of straw man things have been um, brought up about me, and then people asking me to clarify. I'm like, that's not what I said at all, like, And it's just. So it tells you that when you read the comments like that, it tells you that people are not really listening to the podcast as opposed to mm. they're only waiting for what they want to hear. And then if there's any mm. other argument, they just like just shut off and then they say, let me ask you this, Terrence, you know, that kind of thing. Uh. Mm. So I, I think it's just, uh, in, the, in the same thing, you know, you and I, we, we disagree about uh, whether Shamugam's post was strong enough and I say yeah. it's not strong enough. It, I'm not saying that... Uh, that that I I think I agree with his opinion of of whether you know where where racial relations are la. I'm just saying that mm. it can be interpreted differently uh, but again people say yeah. that was I I'm like saying that oh racial relations are fantastic you know and, and this, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> so this is exactly what straw man is like you build up this fake straw version of Terence and then you say you attribute all these things that were never said to him and after that you ask ask me to go and uh, reply on his behalf when I never said those things. Uh, yeah, so that, that so you're saying yeah. there's a there's a but Terence and there's the real life Terence and they're not one and the same for some perspectives, like Right? No, no, no there's no Yalabat Terence. There's one Terence. Then there's like in in some people's minds what the straw man Terence is, la. No, no. What I meant the Yalabat Terence is because I think more often than not you do take the devil's advocate uh, perspective mm. but not saying you agree with the perspective right yeah. the point of this podcast also is for us to try taking different perspectives yeah. but uh, you're saying that in some way that is attributed to the real Terrence like, correct correct yeah you know, that's why mm. one thing I like about this is that we get to flirt with dangerous ideas here la. No, not dangerous la, but we get to flirt with ideas here and and that's mm. the only kind of flirting that you know at our age we should <laughs> be you can doing do now. Yeah. <laughs> at our age we should be doing flirting with ideas so yeah, we just flirt with them, but doesn't mean that we settle down with them or that we we love them or we're stuck with them forever or anything like right. Uh, so, so so this is the, so, so broadly speaking, like a, I was just saying that uh, that the, a lot I was very afraid that a lot of people would take the podcast that way because I was planning to, you know, question more of what Studio was saying, la, as opposed to just taking mm. it wholesale and saying, Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, la, you know. Mm. Mm. And do you think that do you think like after the podcast, like you it was a full discussion for you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think it was. Uh, in the sense that, that that that, you know, as long as I I realized as long as I, given that I was a minority in the room, I I could I could use I could use that to my advantage or so like, right, and speak Is up. It how? Yeah. <laughs> just speak up like, and then and then if anybody disagrees, I just accuse them of majority advantage. <laughs> I know I know quite a few comments uh, echoed the same sentiment that you, me, and Sudhir have 
had this menage a trois, menage a trois got a very good chemistry. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good chemistry, and yeah, yeah, what what you hear was real, man. That was real. Uh, we really yeah. didn't. I mean, we didn't. We didn't plan to discuss anything in particular, and we just let it flow. Yeah. And we are talking to Sudhir about working on some other shit, cause cause yeah, it's fun to chat with him. Correct, correct, yeah. But uh, yeah, that it was. Uh, I think that was quite, quite impressive because it was a. Uh, it was all put together quite quickly, lah. Right within a week. Uh, I think like yeah. one on Friday, Sudhir said, "Hey, let's do something." And then within a week, we already you know film, record, and put out two episodes already, lah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was two hours forty minutes. I think before we started, we were like, "Okay, let's let's target maybe one hour, one and a half hours. If it goes on a bit, maybe two max, lah." Yeah, yeah. No, it was two hours and forty minutes, man. Yeah, man. Wow, that's a strong one. Yeah, but we haven't done but, our weekly plug or anything yet. Eh? Oh yeah, fuck! What if people dropped off already? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> what if they're like, I hey, here's this majority Chinese person finally experiencing the 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 woes of a minority person. Ah, I'm done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so then, would you like in. to do the honors? No, would if you this do the po- honors? Yeah, if this podcast has made you stop and think, even for one second, uh, please do help recommend it to at least one person today. Like today, now, you know, just send a link to it. It's on YouTube, it's on Spotify, so yeah, uh, up to you. And even talk, TikTok, we're now even on TikTok. Oh yeah, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why don't you put, out, put out a little plug for our TikTok? Yeah, fucking we're boomers on TikTok, man. We have uploaded our first two videos on TikTok, which is essentially the what we think are the most interesting one-minute excerpts from a recent podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be experimenting with it. So it would be great if you could go there and just follow us on TikTok, people. Yeah. Fucking TikTok. Yeah, 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 we beat the TikTok bug. Yeah. And we're on TikTok. Amidst all the other hot tub live streams and all that, yeah. Watching on yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your scroll feed should be like hot tub live stream, you know, hot tub live stream, uh, one minute discussion on race relations, hot tub live stream, <laughs> hot tub live stream. <laughs> yeah. Very healthy. Everybody needs a balance. Yep, yep, yep. Everybody needs a balance. But yeah, speaking cool. of balance, it seems like mm. um yeah, we we don't have a balance of of this here in Singapore and Hong Kong. What is this? Yeah, what is so this balance uh, of these two items, of these two things? This this balance uh, that Terence is talking about is essentially the balance of tight COVID restriction rules for for everyone in Singapore and Hong Kong versus the need to maintain the status as a global hub uh, for talent for mm. foreign talent. Mm. Where where do you first yeah, and hear about this? Uh? Um, I saw an article on South China Morning Post, yeah. which was interesting because it was like a day or two after the news broke that, you know, that British man who was filmed not wanting to wear a mask on uh, MRT mm-hmm. and try, who was trying to convince other commuter, commuters why masks don't, uh, don't work. Mm. He was kind of like, um, I think the investigations is still ongoing, but he might be subject to six months in jail, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and he was quoted as being as saying that yeah the the police uh, showed up to his house they arrested him and why can't he just be uh, released back to go uh, released to go back to the UK because he was planning to leave anyway. Mm. So I remember seeing an article then I saw this article on South China Morning Post kind of talking about the balance like, that Terence mentioned like if you make your restrictions for expats too tight how is Hong Kong and Singapore going to maintain their their status as a hub for foreign talent lah. Mm. Yeah, and when I say foreign talent, um, is the expats lah. Mm. You know, even foreign talent got tears, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This kind of like people won't care about the foreign talent who are locked on, locked away in their dorms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, this sort of conversations are about the expats who who maybe came to Singapore from developed countries, uh, mm. and in in the corporate world. Yeah, and I, I think the um, a lot of the discussion is also uh, not just about Singapore, but also about uh in general southeast asia la, because uh in terms of vaccination vaccinations uh, i think our the region is la- lagging behind like obviously europe and and america um mm, and um the the response to covid hasn't been uh, the most uh what do you call it um uh united as well i would say mm. i think every country has its own different uh, schemes and plans, you know, there have been discussions about possible travel bubbles or vaccine passports and all these things. But uh, it's taking uh, quite a while uh, just to talk through the details uh, compared to, you know, how it is in the EU or, or even just within the, the whole of the US itself or something. Uh. 
So yeah. uh, in terms and of travel, like uh, our aviation industry has been quieter compared to other mm. regions. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, people are still traveling. Like, every time I see a plane in the sky, right, I'm like, who the fuck is in that plane? Mm. But people are still traveling mm. because the, the, the rules right now, the policy is that um, the citizens and permanent residents of Singapore, which make up 71% of our population of 5.7 million, can leave and enter freely supposedly mm. um, and uh, 1.23 million work pass holders including professionals and executives must obtain an approval to re-enter mm. and it was a process to, to that they apply for but it's apparently been suspended because of the recent spike in domestic cases yeah 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 so so of course if your job really is like strategic and you need to travel yeah there might be exceptions but by and large I think for expats to travel it is fucking hard yeah yeah correct so yeah. I mean, what do you think so, when you first saw this this wave of news and and even the, the news about that thirty nine year old man and everything? Huh? Mm. I mean, my first initiation is like, um, shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I mean, I really tried to think about it from from other angles and yeah. So where I'm at right now is that I think for them to kind of. So if you look at it from two angles, one is from the expat's perspective, some of them really haven't seen their family for two years, right? Um, and I think that can be super hard. If you've had a kid, your parents haven't seen your family, that can be super hard. Um, then there's also the aspect of Singapore and Hong Kong, whether, or at least Singapore, like whether we will lose our our attractiveness to foreign talent. Mm. But that's my starting point. Shut up. <laughs> what were you? Uh? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the 39-year-old guy, firstly, he, I thought what he did was really antisocial, lah. Right, in the sense that even mm. if you don't believe in it, if it's the law in a place, then you, I mean, you have to obey the law, lah, right? And not be trying to encourage other people or to calling them, you know, names or whatever he did for, for for following the law, lah, right? Um, so it's the same thing you see when when sometimes you see, uh, travelers who flock to very sacred sites across Southeast Asia, and then they 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 take off their clothes, literally, you know take photos or yeah. selfies I mean uh, who does that really hurt you know but it's just really disrespectful and it's very uh, I mean it's just something like really frowned upon by a lot of the communities here la. and and yeah. that, that's the thing right so if you have broken the law and then but you, you don't want to face the consequences of it you know you thought that you are some special immunity then yeah then that's your white privilege or whatever privilege it is that you enjoy and enjoy as a colonial master talking la, right Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so so that one's a pisses people off, and, and then the other thing was that I thought that um, I mean, yeah, like we've had a second, and and maybe you can even consider it like a third wave of COVID and everything, right? This was, I guess, the second wave, like second wave. Um, yeah, but uh, the one thing you you you, I mean, aside from just the fact whether or not you open your borders, the other thing is just that the you look at the mortality rates from COVID like, in in Singapore compared to other places. Um, you know, as much as we say that Singapore is very capitalist, everything, uh, it, it kind of stands true that we, uh, the the mortality rate is the one of the lowest in the world. I think about six per million cases or something like that. So, Mm-mm-mm. you know, there there is a sense of really trying to take care of the population first before you think about the, before you, before the, the think about the economics of of things, right? So mm. in the US, for some reason, I guess because they've got a lot more space or or maybe I mean they they have I think the vaccination drives have been a lot more uh a bit a lot faster like they've been able to procure the vaccines a lot faster so it's been easier I think for them to they open had up. That scare right uh, and they had that scare which freaked everyone the fuck out you know sorry which scare when they were in like when they were suffering like crazy mm. like you know with the number of deaths and all that mm. um and it's one of those things maybe that was a wake up call for people to realize it's real and then the drive of vaccination yeah. it was easier to get it past the congress the senate yeah. whereas in singapore thankfully things haven't been that dire mm. but that also leads to some complacency la. correct 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 um yeah but plus plus various reasons are like the us they also had the my friend was telling me the lottery they had the lottery for for mm. taking the vaccine, but Singapore we still don't have it. Yeah. Mm. But but okay, so so one thing I was thinking, okay, so admittedly I haven't spent time abroad as an expat mm. because I went to study and then I was uh, summoned back to Singapore by the company that uh 
facilitated those studies. But you spent two years in New York mm. as an expat, like yeah, right? yeah. So, so how how do you feel dealing with the laws of New York, or were you like fuck? I can eat chewing gum everywhere. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. The or like of New what York the, what the, specifically. Yeah, because. Yeah, I mean that's the longest. That's where yeah. you worked as yeah. a professional for a period of time, like. And did you feel like, oh, I'm not American. Why do I have to be subject to American laws or some shit? Or did the Singapore training or following rules prepare you well for adapting to any country's laws? I mean, not just Singapore training. Like, I think anybody, anybody with some common sense would would understand that a law is a law. You should try and follow it, lah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, in the US, I mean, for example, the, it's just the small things, right? They don't. They don't call us when you're an expat in the US, they don't call you a foreign talent. It's not that isn't mm. such a positive spin on it. Like. They don't even call you expat. They call you an alien. They call you an alien, alien uh. you know, immigrant alien or that kind of thing. So just the word itself, the you know, words matter. So the word itself makes you realize like uh, you're not that welcome. And I mean, the immigration process is I don't know, every time I was applying for a visa, it was like I I was prepared always prepared for the worst. Uh. Like either the, mm. the immigration officer would be very rude or things like that. So they always warn you, don't mess around with the immigration officials when you're entering the mm. US and all that because they can literally just turn you around and, and get you on the flight back home. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's just not as welcome. And, and they had this feeling that, there's always this feeling that everybody is trying to 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 move to the US and, and, and you know, create a life there, which there are a lot of people trying to do that. Um, but But, you know, even if you come from a more developed place like Singapore as well, there's that same sentiment. La. They don't they don't treat you any differently. La. So so it's a mm. yeah, you 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 don't you you don't get that sense of like, oh, you know, like how come my how come this how come there's so many rules and why is it so troublesome? Like, you just learn you gotta you gotta deal with it. If not you gotta leave la. You know? Oh, so you're saying because the the it's almost the supply of people who want to move to the US is too high, so the country has the leverage. Mm. The ball is in their court, and you guys have to kind of brown nose the country to stay in. Correct, like. correct, exactly. And and there are a lot ah. of strange rules when it comes to the visas and and things like that that you have to get around as well. So it's it's, it's a very long process, even for you know for someone who who you know has gone to university in the US and everything. It's not easy to get mm. a, a visa, la. Yeah. I think like because the thing is when I hear people like okay so if a expat comes to Singapore yeah la, um and these are I guess the expats that seem to be outlined in these articles maybe work for a tech company a corporate maybe yeah. move the whole family here and they can't go back and okay it's sad that you can't see your family for two years yeah but at the same time there are Singaporeans who have relatives abroad who also haven't seen their family for two years yeah my mom hasn't seen her family in Malaysia for the longest ever seen in her life yeah um and when it's almost like you know exactly the power dynamic you mentioned right mm. the last time i think way back we did that one interview with uh two foreign workers in singapore and we have seen the thing be mentioned again and again like these foreign workers they know that the, the they don't have leverage so they're almost fearful of doing anything mm. to to prevent them from coming to singapore yeah right yeah which is kind of similar to what you were saying when you were working in new york like whereas the certain tier of expats who are maybe the higher income status, they feel like the country's indebted to them because yeah. they are so fucking talented or something. Yeah, yeah. And I know this is a broad stroke. This is a broad stroke. There are, of course, expats that have done wonderful things for Singapore. But when I hear people say stuff like that, I'm like, hey, you chose to come to Singapore yeah. because it afforded you a certain luxury, lower tax rates mm-hmm. uh, and all that kind of crap. And now when Singapore is prioritizing our own citizens, you have an issue with that. So that, I don't know how to play devil's advocate to that, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very tough for us to play devil's advocate, like, because I I mean, uh, to be honest, I haven't met one of these ultra-talented people that I, I cannot, you can, ne- can never see anywhere like, that, you know, that cannot You haven't, uh, you don't see them? I mean, you see them, <laughs> la, but don't. they don't really, they don't really mingle with locals or anything like that, like, you know what I mean? Like the Eduardo Sovereigns <laughs> and all that. Uh. I mean, Eduardo Sovereign is, is like he's a PR la, right? He's, he's a PR. PR la, PR, yeah. But he's a, you know, he founded Facebook and all. That. But I mean, I guess what I don't want to to bash too much, too much of a certain demographic and all that. But it's just the, it's just the, maybe just the way that yeah, like like you know, we heard a stand-up comedian make a joke about it that if you don't want so many foreigners in your country, maybe you shouldn't be calling them foreign talent la, right? 
It's yeah, a exactly. joke. But but <laughs> the truth is that words like that do matter as well, right? So mm. being called an alien versus a foreign talent, it makes a big difference in how someone regards himself in your country as well, right? Uh, yeah. And 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 and, and yeah, and then the the according the policies accorded to them. I mean, like now, I mean, literally this year, there was a one for tech. I think for tech entrepreneurs or, or people who have very senior positions in tech, right? They can come mm. to Singapore and I think they'll be given the tech pass or something. Yeah, they'll be given very very loose uh, requirements in terms of what they need to be doing, whether it's advising startups or you know putting money in angel investing in a startup or working in a startup even. So so the fact that it can it, it, it so easily vacillates between any of these options tells you how much flexibility there is, lah. Basically, anyone with money mm. can come and say, "I'm a, you know, I'm an investor, I mean, that kind of thing." So, so yeah, uh, I mean, not this is nothing new in our territory. It's just that maybe now that we have a COVID nineteen, you know, in our faces, it's kind of annoying to have someone yapping at us at the side, still saying, "Hey, how about me? I'm talented. You know, you're shutting me out and all that." Like. That's yeah. just what it feels so, like, right? So, I mean, I don't know, like, of course, the article had quotes from a few people, but that's only a few people. I'm really curious how expats who are unfortunately stuck in Singapore really feel. Mm. Um, like what you said, I don't think it's fair to pin uh, at the same brushstroke across all of them. But from the quotes in the article, um, yeah, there was one person in Hong Kong who was saying that, yeah, he's, his company was registered in Malta, but he moved to Hong Kong like a few years ago and he's employed 15 people and... He said, unless they drop all restrictions, drop all quarantine in the next two or three months, I'll probably drop the apartment, drop the office and drop the employees and drop the company. Mm. So it felt when I read that, of course, it's an article. There's probably a layer of uh, uh, polishing up or tweaking that the editor put on. Mm. But if that's the sentiment, right, I'm like, yo, there's a reason why you set up your company in Hong Kong and got employees in, uh, set up your company in Malta and got your employees in Hong Kong. Mm. You, you can't pick and choose, right? If you go to Hong Kong, you go to Singapore, you enjoy all the benefits um, when things happen and a country is prioritizing its own citizens, yeah. you have to understand also, right? Like, like if a Singapore citizen is stuck, where can they go? But if you're an expat in uh, Singapore, you still have your country to go back to. So, of course, the country will want to prioritize its own citizens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So, so, that's where, like, I don't know. And, I mean, even now, right, like, granted Singapore has, the vaccination rate is not that fast. I still think that Singapore it's still a great place to be in this pandemic era, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we don't even need to worry about um, all these little carrots dangling to attract foreign talent because we don't even need to do it. Now we have the leverage, you know, we have to just fucking embrace Singapore and how awesome we are to people who want to come here. Yeah, yeah, correct. Right. I mean, that the, the there's also, but there's also the, on the reverse side, Singaporeans wanting to go for to travel, right? We we need to get out of Singapore as well, to you know for business. You mean for recreation of our work, both, or, both. for business. Yeah, or? we we need mm. to do both. So there is that aspect of uh, you know, needing needing to open up um, to you know whether it's for business travelers to come here and see Singapore as well, or vice versa, mm. yeah, yeah. So there is, I mean, there is. I guess it's not just because uh, it's not entirely because of the expats who are already here, that, that's why we need to change things, but but probably for other economic reasons as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one, totally. Um, but it's just when I see these sort of articles also, I feel like, wow, really? Um, mm. The title of the article is really, should Hong Kong and Singapore relent from tight COVID-19 rules to retain foreign talent? Yeah. Um, maybe they need to put a disclaimer that the foreign talent they're talking about is not all foreign talent. It's only some foreign talent. Yeah, I, I won't, because the, I won't put, I, I won't put yeah. it out there that I think if you drew a Venn diagram of, you know, in one circle is people who, who uh, you know, the the interview in this article or represent the demographic in this article, right? Then you yeah. the other circle is people who wear spandex when they go cycling on the ECP. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, those two circles, the intersection is huge. It's a huge intersection between the two. Hey, I guarantee you. You know, I, I, I also have issues with a lot of cyclists. But the moment you say all spandex wearing cyclists, uh, problematic, right? That's when I have to push back. Uh. No, no, oh, no. Because oh. if I was still... I just, yeah, I just said oh. the Venn diagram, the overlap is learned. very big. The overlap is big. You are on the outskirts. You're still uh. on the outskirts. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I was going to say, you never learned anything from the discussions last week about discrimination and stereotyping. <laughs> okay, but well, you're talking about the overlap. You're talking yeah, about the overlap. overlap, overlap. Right, the right. overlap. The overlap. But, I mean, 
right now, honestly, like uh, today is we are recording on twenty first June. There was some some stuff that changed today compared to yesterday, right? What mm. changed? Are we in dining? People can dine in now. Um, I mean, oh, that to, was last week already. Up to two people, yeah. Twenty on the twenty first. That's last day, yeah. I also also saw some articles. I don't remember. I remember to clear your trays, uh, because this is when the yes, rule for correct. getting fined for not clearing your trays also kicks in. Uh. Yeah, correct, correct. So a lot of new rules, new and changing rules, new rules coming up, lah. Yeah, new and changing rules. But, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's where we're at with that with that topic of uh, Singapore versus Hong Kong. Uh. Yeah. The the interesting thing also that uh, like maybe a week or two ago that was a international development which I thought is is very relevant to Singapore is the, the G7 mm. they agreed to establish like a minimum corporate tax rate like, mm. uh, across uh, like countries like, because I think for the longest time Hong Kong and Singapore have been offering fucking low corporate tax rates mm-hmm. and tax rates in general mm. and I think the move was to prevent like the corporate taxes from what they call being a race to the bottom yeah like. correct, correct so so when you look at that, it's like okay, the in some ways Singapore is gonna have to find new ways to attract foreign people. Yeah. And I think that's what Sudir said also on a previous podcast, right? Like you know, we always think, okay, what's the worst that could happen to Singapore if we do this, this, this? But why can't we think about what is the best that could happen? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Right. Correct. But uh. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess a good segue is to yeah, like if if you are an expat and you're very bored in Singapore, there are certain other mm. activities that you can also do. Which is also one of the activities. One of the activities of which we're gonna we're gonna discuss as well, lah, In this yeah. slightly goofier topic, now, right? And <laughs> yeah. what is this exciting activity that you can partake in? Well, it is to to walk crabs. Yes, mm. specifically mud crabs. Like you know those crabs you see like uh, tied up uh, uh, pitifully and and put into a container at the wet market. Mm. You can go walk these crabs. Yeah, and, and it's an initiative by by the restaurant House of Seafood in Pongol, mm. because apparently they said um, it prevents like the atrophy of the crabs and it keeps them meaty by bringing them to walk. Yeah, so they literally have pictures of uh, their staff and the children of the staff or children of the customers holding little leashes, which are tied to on the end of the leash is tied to a crab. And then they walk the crab along the the where the restaurant is, like the pier, and alongside like while walking dogs and everything as well, yeah. yeah. So so like um, what do you what do you make of it uh, as someone who walks um your dogs regularly? What do you think of walk? Can every animal be walked? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh. That's a good question because I think I I know people. Who I mean, obviously, yeah. Like some some people actually walk their cats, um, mm. or chinchillas and all that. They bring their pets around, lah. Um, mm. but but the, the the I remember the thing I always when my uh I remember when my wife when when she was my then then my girlfriend one day she brought home a hamster, lah. Right. Uh, mm. and then the basically the first thing I told her was like. You know, if our dog ends up killing the hamster, you must promise you will not blame the dog in whatever circumstance it is, lah. You know, mm. and uh, needless to say, the hamster. I mean, he was a very cute, very adorable hamster, but um, he didn't live a very long life with a dog in the house or so, lah. I, I I cannot <laughs> I, I cannot specifically uh say that it was hundred percent the dog who did it, but but some some someone did something to the hamster, lah. You know, uh. <laughs> yeah. So. When you put all these animals out there in the wild, right, and shit happens to them, right, like, uh, it's just it's just how it is, like you know. Um, but but you're saying that the crabs will be at risk of being eaten by another animal that's being walked. Yeah, attacked or stepped on or something like that, like, right. So 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 um, you know, because your question was, uh, are all animals suitable for walking, like, right? So so yeah, based on your experience with animals. Yeah. Like, so my thought is, I know is you haven't walked. Yeah. Crabs right. is is a tough one, uh, because. I mean, if a dog or whatever animal comes close to it, you might try to flip it or do something nasty to it, like, you know? And you can't blame anyone the, for that. I think the biggest thing is, like, these are fucking mud crabs, right? The, the, here they show pictures of people walking the crabs on concrete mm. and tarmac. Mm. What the fuck? Can you imagine the crabs? It's almost like, the crabs are probably thinking, can you just kill me now and eat eat yeah. me? Like, there's no water around yeah. here. Um, yeah. 
And and I'm guessing they also will be like, fuck, I don't want to walk. Then what, they're going to drag or something. Mm-hmm. That's why I think this whole thing, right? The interesting about this, the thing about this restaurant, it's called House of Seafood, right? Mm. It's not the first time they've done something relating to crabs that was controversial. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, correct. I think the um, previous thing they did the, yeah. the claw machine, right? Where you could grab you could yeah. grab your own crab, right? Yeah, live crabs. Yeah. Where yeah, it's it's literally that like it's it's the same uh container that you see these crabs that are tied up and, mm. and uh that you see in wet markets, except this is a claw machine, like how mm. ironic, right? It's a claw machine. Yeah. Um and then they put it up. They got a lot of backlash. They issued an apology. Mm. The founder, the CEO, and three staff bowed for thirty seconds to apologize. Yeah. But at the end of the day, right? They got a lot of marketing from that, like. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, you, so you, in this case, were also, you uh, very offended when you watch when you saw this post? Uh I just thought it's 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 uh it's weird, lah. It's weird. Mm. Uh, and I was surprised. I was but this time. I was surprised. Would you would you say it's cruel? I mean, I would say it's unnatural for the crab, like. mm. But but of the, course, okay, but then putting the them side, in a container. But yeah. the flip side, when you cook a crab in mala hot pot, yeah, over, true this la. is also not that natural for them, la, Right? No, and in some way, in some way, when you see them in the containers tied up, yeah. that's even worse, right? Mm. So so what 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 do you think? Do you think it's unnatural? Um, I mean. Uh, because I'm I, I I eat meat and I do eat crustaceans and and all that. Oh, shellfish! I mean, um, uh, I mean, it's just like the the only thing strange is that yeah, like it's sort of like playing with your food, like, right? And then like cats, like that. Yeah, and they're supposed to, um, just like, uh, being thankful for your food and quickly killing it and eating it, right? This one seems a bit more like you're playing with it first. And giving it some semblance of, uh, uh, you know, some kind of. I mean, you don't even know if it enjoys doing it, lah, right? And then, and then after, then you kill it and eat it, lah. Which, which seems even more horrendous, lah. You know, it's like you watch but that then, villain, that villain that strokes your face and like, yes, you know, I take care of you down, that stabs you, and and, and kills you in that in those kind of movies. Then, then stuff like prawning, because ultimately also prawning you. The prawner, prawning place, uh, the owner is throwing prawns into this one pond that you catch True. and eat. True. But I mean, uh, they, they still right. need to catch the prawns themselves. For Also, the prawns have a chance of escaping. Uh, like, they just survive la. for as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To live longer and all that. La. So, there is still the... the, the, the I mean, the, the I guess they you can say they gamified the aspect of catching the, the prawn, la, right? Um, mm. but, but there is still mm. an aspect of catching the prawn. Whereas this one just feels like the the crabs are already they've already been caught. It's not like you have to catch them again. Hey, but then that kind of goes against the whole crab claw thing as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So mm, tough man. I I feel I I mean I do feel okay like, If I eat crabs, it's harder for me to say whether this is really cruel or anything like right. Because cause ultimately yeah. yeah you you also you 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 can't speak on behalf of the crab either like, right. Exactly. Yeah, but a lot of people are angry about it, lah. A lot of people are angry about it, lah. But they are angry based on what, on what claim, ah? Okay, the the crab claw machine, I can see why because, uh, the crabs are still tied up. Then every time you pull them out, then let's say you drop them because you didn't, you didn't grab them properly or what, right? You drop them, there's a chance that they could break. I mean, something in them could break, lah, Right. So 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 there's yeah. pain. They experience more pain than necessary, uh, before they're eaten, lah. Um. Whereas this one, I mean, objectively, you could say that, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess walking is probably less pain than being dropped on your shell, right? Mm. Uh, so objectively, you could say, yeah, maybe this is a more humane way of of, of, of dealing with your crabs. Uh. I, don't know, I guess what fun. didn't help was the, was, the, was the caption of their post. Uh. Which was like, right, uh, this is literally what they say. We love our crabs the same way as everyone loves their pets. To make sure our crabs are really meaty that can satisfy every of our food patrons. Uh-huh. Uh, we would bring them out strolling along the breezy Pongo beach just to get enough exercise. <laughs> so you read that, you're like, what the fuck? You think these crabs care about exercise or need exercise? Yeah. Like, honestly, you think what? They're going to get jacked just from walking. Uh? Yeah. So I think it was more the post that was fucked up. Uh, because 
Yeah, the first one also comparing like pets to crabs, but yeah. you don't eat your pets, right? Yeah, I don't want as my dog. I, I don't want don't, my dog. You don't nibble. <laughs> and then after that, I think, ooh, <laughs> your leg looks so juicy and strong <laughs> now. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> That's, That's like some Hansel and Gretel shits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's weird. Huh? That's weird. Right. So I guess maybe it's because this this crab is reduced to to like a marketing prop mm. as opposed to just res- like like respecting it as food. Mm. You, you know, I mean, there's one thing about the Japanese culture in general is like they seem to really respect their, their food mm. or at least most of them. So even when you see them slice the head off an eel or something, mm. it's... It's done, I mean, unless, so I, I, I eat meat as well. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not one of those who are like, oh, you know, we can't kill animals. Uh, that's cruel and all. I'm still, I don't know how to wrap my head around that. But the, when it's done like that, you, you, you make the process of, from the time they're caught to uh, being eaten as short as possible, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. And I think this one is almost like extending it and, and using it for like some, Weird as marketing. I think that's why the, the, the shadiness of it just just rubs people the wrong mm. way, la. But how about how about those like um, you know, we say about the Japanese and and, and all that they respect the food, well. But you've heard of them like uh, I, I don't know whether it's Whaling, in Japan uh. or Korea, they eat like live octopus, like 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 yeah. you know the octopus is literally on your plate, but still like wriggling and alive, and then you put it in your mouth and you eat it, like And, and apparently after- it's interesting because. You can still feel the suckles of the of the octopus and everything on your teeth and all. So so what what Do you say suckles or suckers? Suckers, suckers. Yeah, sorry. The suckers of your of the octopus. I mean the octopus is like <laughs> suckling at your teeth. La. Suckers. Yeah, yeah. The suckers are in your teeth. La. So um yeah, how do you feel about that? Because they say oh, it's fresher. It's fresher when you eat that way, right? Because after you watch My Octopus Teacher, which is a fucking weird documentary. Yeah. Do you have you watched it yeah, yet? I've seen it, I've seen it. Yeah. There's also like you start to think, okay, shit, there's octopus, octopusai, octopuses, octopi, octopi, um, octopi, octopi, are more conscious than maybe we give them credit for, yeah, like, right? Yeah, correct. Then here you are eating them alive. Mm, mm. I mean, but it's just what, in to some way like, you are eating. Refresher. No, but you're eating them like a shark would eat them, lah. Yeah. Because you also see in my octopus teacher, just the shark just comes and just fucking bites off like two tentacles correct. from the octopus and the octopus is suffering and all. Correct, correct, correct. So, so in some way, that is almost respecting them more. Mm, mm. Because you're not cooking them or anything. I you're eating you're them yeah. like... um, Yeah, it's, it's like, you know, when you hear hunters who are yeah. maybe more eloquent, more articulate, and they explain their mindset for why hunting to them is more ethical than factory farming or something is that the animals they kill they have led like a full life Mm. and if they get their arrow straight into the head it kills them instantaneously and then you you almost have to work for eating the meat I think the thing about factory farming is like you don't need to do anything and it shows up in a nugget correct yep yep right so for octopus yeah maybe if you are willing to eat it raw maybe it's 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 even the octopus will be like you know what if you're willing to eat me raw Fine, Mm-mm-mm. I'm I'm down with that. Okay, okay. I think I think I think we I think we're getting somewhere because what you, what you said about the hunting, uh, when you put that alongside a crab claw machine, right? Uh, a claw machine, not a crab claw machine. A claw machine is very different things, like Hunting, I mean, is 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 like fishing or you know in in a natural environment, uh, like in, in the water or on the mud or something. Then you go and grab the uh the crab, lah, right? You catch a crab. Yeah. That's hunting. Yeah. Whereas you put it in a claw machine, that's completely a, a natural environment. And it's also more from, um, it's an entertainment machine, right? It's a carnival machine. It's not something that you use that is necessary in the process of hunting, right? So so it mm. is It is like like what you say, like, is, is, uh, uh, you're not respecting the extending source. Extending the process. Yeah, extending, the, extending the, pain, the process. Extending the process. It's not respectful of the original source or where it came from and how much pain the, the the thing is going through, so uh yeah yeah so so in that sense it is it is disrespectful that way lah and walking the thing and equating it to a pet is probably is like the most is very demeaning also lah for the crab I guess. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like I mean the jury's out as to whether the crab even knows what the fuck is going on, but it just mm. feels like the caption already fucking stupid, yeah. and then. Yeah, it just feels like it's a it's a gimmick, la. But obviously, they got more marketing out of it yeah, yeah. because we are talking about it. Distasteful, tasteful, this tasteful yeah. to say the least. 
distasteful. Yeah. Distasteful indeed. I mean, the the crap might be really yummy, but the the marketing actions are very quite distasteful. Unless the crab realizes this is a marketing gimmick and somehow they're like, you know what, fuck it, they just like, I don't know, like excrete all this this other shit or like, you know, like just just make their meat like, just yeah. like a tougher. La. No, I mean, there, 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 there are uh, people who say that, what, that um, mm. how the animal feels at the point that it dies and everything actually affects, affects how, the, the, uh, how the uh, meat tastes because of, you know, whatever chemical chemicals or adrenaline that's secreted in the body and all and things like that. La. So there, there might be some yeah, truth yeah, to that yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. Come on, crabs. Come on, crabs. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, let us know how you feel about this because I think this one is tough for people who eat shellfish and and, and meat to to really really you know have a very very strong opinion on that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, cool. All cool, right. Cool. Um, moving on from a from a from a somber topic to something that makes us happy our one show comment from the past few days yes and what is your one show comment my one show comment is from someone uh, on Instagram who requested to be anonymous Mm. Um, but they just messaged us saying that um, uh, they were researching podcast channels um, and they actually within two months Mm. they finished all our episodes two months all our fucking episodes And and they said it almost felt like a summary of two years uh, in two months. And I think ever since, I don't know whether it was you or one of our listeners, no, one of our listeners who wrote on a Reddit post saying, our podcast are kind of like a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Just seeing it actually happen blows my mind. Because first of all, to listen to all our episodes, a big a big thank you to you. Mm. But to to kind of like also feel that after listening to two episode, two, all episodes, it felt like it was the past two years condensed. That's fucking amazing. Uh, because yeah. if we carry on doing this for like 10 years, right? Yeah. Can you imagine like for my kids next time, I won't even talk to them. I'll just say, go listen to my podcast <laughs> and you'll know everything about me. Yeah. And about me and Uncle Terrence. That's what you, right? you tell your, what you tell your girlfriend. Let me do my thing. Right? Hey, fuck <laughs> <laughs> It's Friday night, day night. Hey, how's your week? I uh, go listen to my podcast. Uh. Don't, don't talk to me. I'm on a rest. Oh, what has been on your mind? Yeah, you know, I spoke about it on his podcast, 172. Uh, here's the link. I sent you the link. You know, last week I had a real good discussion no with Sudhir, but here's the link to the podcast. No la. Please, please, please. Yeah, no, remember, remember somebody did say that yeah, la, the podcast is like, it's almost, we're almost like replacing their real friends in real life already la. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there is that danger. So it's pretty cool. Um, mm. Yeah. But what 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 so research were they doing? Yeah. Sorry. Uh no, just looking for podcast channels in got Singapore. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my cool. interesting comment of the week is uh of the last few days is by Sudin, uh, which has I mean a long time mm. listener so, who was responding mm. to our our series of podcasts with Sudila, saying that uh, mm. but he calls out he saying that uh, these two episodes were such a hot listen and he's suggesting maybe we should get Sudhir on board more. La. Which I'm, I'm, I think we, mm. we can la, when when there's, when the topics are right and everything, la, right? Like, like, yeah, this, yeah. like last week made a lot of sense with regards to race and all. Um, but the mm. interesting thing was this next paragraph was like, props to Terence for insi- insisting that Harish explain his fucking stupid <laughs> line. <laughs> there was a much needed check to the discussion that I thought Harish Sudhir uh, didn't realize until Terence explains how, how such strong statements do not add value to an already emotionally racially charged discussion definitely <laughs> yeah. so I mean yeah, props to you for, for also seeing that like, you know when, when someone uses language like that you know it's, it's, that, that should be a alarm bell for you to say wait 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 can you qual- qualify yourself a bit first by why are you calling the person fucking stupid like, you know so yeah. so you are choosing your comment because that comment complimented something you did. Mm. How fucking narcissistic can you be? Eh? No, 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 no. It's a it's a learning point. That sometimes in life it's easy ah. to just sit there and just smile. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's damn stupid, it's damn stupid. You know? Ah. But sometimes in life, for the sake of or just of truth, you have to be that person that just ask the extra question, you know? Be like the Mm. The Rafael Nadal of uh, Roland Garros, you be the Rafael Nadal of of debating also la. Always ask back, always never never, always try and return the the ball la, You know, always ask. Mm, uh, just ask must, one more question la. Ask why do you say that but, about that? You know. 
but since you're being so so self-congratulatory, I think I explained why uh, I used that line lah. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't just something trite lah. Mm. If I if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think that I said that in reference to the way PA posted their apology or uh, press release to Sarah Bagrape lah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But that's the only thing you want to highlight from that comment. I mean, the part that he complimented you. No, no, it's not about compliment. I think that it's a very long comment, and and he makes very good points mm. and everything. And and but I'm just pointing out that that uh, that someone someone uh, picked up on that lah. That you know sometimes, mm, it, especially mm, mm. in this moment when there's a lot of emotionally charged discussions, um, words matter. Words matter a lot. Mm. So 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 that's why. Don't don't discount you just asking someone to quantify something to qualify something like you know, don't discount the effect mm. on 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 other people that will have like like when you dare to ask, then other people also dare to question. You see. So next time when when any of you are in an argument with your girlfriend or boyfriend and the person says you know you really fucking hurt me, yeah. you stop them and say can you please qualify that you know that's a very broad statement. No, no. You know we take a pause on this argument. Yeah. You please quantify. Why that fucking hurt you? And and then go and listen to episode one seven two and one seven three of the <laughs> yeah, Alabat podcast for a real life example. <laughs> real life example. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> but cool. Yes. All right. What is your yeah, one shot final thing? segment? My one shot thing for the past few days is um the latest Netflix comedy special by Mr. Bo Burnham. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, 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 I thought I told you about it at some point, but I realized that it was maybe off, uh, not on on a podcast. Yeah. Um, so I will take the liberty to talk about it now. Sure. Uh, I mean, Bo Burnham is one of my favorite comedians of all time, mm. and um, he blew up on YouTube 16 years ago when he was a 14 year old just making songs in his room, and since then he's he kind of sped through the ranks and had his first wait, wait, two comedy specials. Ago? 16 years ago. That was when he first went viral on YouTube. 2005? 2006. 2006, 2005, 2006. Oh, okay, okay. He was very early on in the process. Okay, la. okay. Um, and he was just like making songs in his room and very smart songs. Mm. So since then, he went through multiple comedy specials um, and music is a big part of his performances. And then he was very open with his anxiety issues which made him step away from performing and he wrote and directed 8th Grade which was a movie that was very very highly rated Mm -hmm. and this current special is called Inside and it was done over the course of last year and it was filmed directed edited by him Mm. Um, and I trust that there were no other crew around because if you look at the thing yeah you you can almost feel that intimacy and I think why it's fucking good is because I mean, a lot of the shows you've seen come out recently over the past year, it almost bypasses the pandemic and bypasses the sentiments that everyone has been feeling, like, you know, like feeling lost, helplessness, um, depression. And to see him do something so creative and so smart, but also show himself like crying on screen just because he was dealing with working on this alone and not Mm. knowing about the future, it fucking blew my mind. I love it. So wait, he was crying because he was... Uh, what just I mean he talks about I mean because he talked about like it would be like um, songs interspersed with cutaways of him just looking to the camera Mm. and he was just saying that you know he wanted to give himself six months to film the special it It went on to a year but at the same time he knows that if he finishes it he won't have any more work so part of him doesn't want to finish it Mm. and it's a sentiment that I think anyone in the the freelancing industry would feel so it was just very very deep. Mm, I, I didn't watch it in one setting because it's quite heavy. Okay, okay. In one setting, yeah. But but it's really good. Okay. Bo Burnham, what's the special call again? Inside. Inside. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great. My one show thing is also a Netflix series. Uh, mm. It's a season two of Black Summer, which is a spin-off, mm. spin-off of the zombie show Z Nation. La. No, not really a spin-off, like mm. related like in the same universe. As Z Nation, um, mm. and uh, I'm not sure if I ever spoke about season one, but I don't think I don't. Th- I think you have. I think you have. I might have. Yeah, I remember you saying there was one episode where it's just one zombie chasing another. Yes, person, correct, right? correct, correct. So, so that that was yeah. season one, and it was uh pretty awesome, but it ended very ambiguously, so you really don't know what happened. Uh, so season two picks up where season one left off, except that season one was in summer. Like season two is now. Entirely filmed in winter, 
So um, mm. it's a very different vibe, different feel. And uh, I, I know everyone has watched like Walking Dead and all these things and my, you might be sick of it already, but that, this one, I feel like this series is easily one of the most underrated uh, yeah, like zombie zombie uh, shows that I've seen. Uh, even counting like, you know, Kingdom and all the all these uh, Train to what's Busan. So, what's so that. different about it? What's so different about it? Um, it just deals with a very ground up... Uh, the ground up perspective of what is it like to be in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Uh. So, so like Walking Dead deals with, um, uh, you know, how human society, humans are the real monsters and we set up this on class and then we fight with each other just as we did, you know, all these hundreds of years as well. So, mm. it's a very sociological uh, view of, of, of the world, uh, right? Whereas, um, Mm. And then you watch something like Kingdom. It's also uh, somewhat similar, right? But it occurs during an imperial period. But it's also still a very sociological view of like the the world. Whereas I feel mm. like um, Black Summer really focuses on the, the the individuals each struggling with their own uh, issues and then how how they're dealing mm. with the pandemic in the same time. I mean, pandemic <laughs> dealing with the zombie outbreak at the same time. And uh, mm. yeah, even just down to the, the basic things of how how they manage to survive hordes of zombies uh, chasing them and things like that. La. So, so they keep it very, mm. very real, very raw. A lot of uh, fantastic one-take action scenes that will keep your heart racing. And then just, just, you, you can just binge all the way through because there's no real, I wouldn't say it's, it's, it's episodic that way. La. You know, there's no like, it, it, it has, it feels more like you're reading a very, uh, you're reading a book like, with multiple chapters and then some chapters are short, some chapters are long. But in the end, the characters converge somehow as well. Like. Mm. So, yeah, it always boggles my mind how how people can still make the zombie genre fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty impressive how, how they've done it for this one. Like. If, if you have, mm. if you have uh, the stomach for zombie movies, of course, I think, I think because of the pandemic, they also had to stop production for a while. But I think if, if mm, this came out mm, during the pandemic, I'd be a bit sian to watch it. Because, I mean, there's a pandemic going on and we're stuck at home. And then now, why why, why watch this zombie apocalypse thing? Yeah, this you can't escape. Yeah. But now, now is, I think now is an okay time to to move on beyond uh, that kind of that kind of uh, self-defeating depression, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. That is cool. Black Summer. Yeah. Check it out. Black Summer. Black Summer. That's cool. As always, we'll put the links in the show notes. Yep. And and yeah, that brings us to the end of this episode. Cool. Cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. We should be having a guest later this week. Mm. We will announce who in the coming days on our subreddit. Yeah. So if you want to find out or if you want to participate in any of the wonderful discussions that happen after every of our episodes, head on over to, this, to our subreddit. The link is in the show notes. All right. Cool, man. All right. Peace.